From the Keystone Lodge in Keystone, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. Meet the team with Mike Ma. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. We've been trying to connect since like April. And now you're sitting next to me. It's, it's, a, it's a miracle that it happened. It's much better in real life anyway. It is. That we waited. Good this thing. is so much better than over the phone. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Mike, what was it like for you to hear your name called at Team Selections? Um, you know, I, I think there were phases. Like first was, you know, oh my God, or you can pick your your, your uh, vulgar variant of that. And it's a little more of that. Um, and then there was just like a lot of reflection. Like, my, you know, my path to, to coming here is not normal. And it was just like it's enormous. I'm like getting like chills talking about it. Like overwhelming, like memory and support and, and just remembering all the people that helped me through here and all the people I've taught and and um, just it was just like this wave of emotion that it, and it just like and it had like this really nice feeling of purpose and meaning and I, I don't know I wish I could be more articulate about it but it was just it was just it was very intense and I just had an enormous amount of gratitude. Well I really have to ask you said it wasn't normal tell us a little bit about your path. Uh, <laughs> Well, one, I learned to snowboard at age 30, um, and so I... And you're, you're like 32. <laughs> thanks. Thank you. Thank you, yes. It is excellent that you said that. No, um, no, I'm, I just turned 46 during this week, um, so I had my birthday during training, um, and um, I learned to snowboard, and then I eventually became an instructor and, and kind of because I, I'm somewhat like hyper competitive and, and achievement oriented um, and went through the process of, of um, one, two, three uh, on the able-bodied side. Uh, and then I, I, I really fell in love with adaptive. Um, I, I really credit um, you know, Holly Anderson in the East who just dragged me by the collar and said, hey, you gotta come do this. Um, and um, fell in love and it's gonna change your life and, and it did. And so. I went through that process, which is, it's okay, let's do it, let's do this again, level one, so two, three. you did one, two, three, and then all, uh, wow. all, let's, let's, let's do this all over again. <laughs> um, and um, that's how I, I, I came um, on this side of, of the coin. Um, and it's been, you know, so it's not normal. Um, I, I have, um, I always, by day, I'm, I work with startups, I'm a venture capitalist. I've, I've, I've worked. So you're not a full-time snowboarder. I am not. Um, and, and that was, a, yeah, I'm not a full-time snowboarder. I learned very late. Um, I, um, I did work my butt off here, but it's no, I'm not. And, and, and it was a big, it was a big thought for me. You asked about what it felt like. I did think it was a big thing for me because I want the membership to know there's room for all sorts of people at the national team, at the divisional regional level, at your home mountain. And just for guests, like we need the sport to grow and it's not gonna grow um, the way I think or as fast or well it should if it's just kind of the same thing in the same mold that you imagine what a ski instructor or snowboard instructor looks like. And, and I felt, I feel, and I still feel a lot of responsibility and excitement about that idea. What is your home mountain? Mount Snow in Vermont. It is. Yeah, so we were really excited. Um, you know, we're just 600 skiable acres, and and uh, you know, four of us made the team, um, and we were very, very excited. Um, I, I 
shout to all my friends in Mount Snow. It's, it's um, you know, I would not be here for that if it weren't for that program and the infrastructure and love that they showed me. Well, what point on the path did you feel like, I'm going to go ahead and try for national team? I mean, that's a big decision, and that was yeah. a lot of work that you guys had to put in. Yeah, I mean, it, it was when I realized I, I had something to say, right, um, about it. And for me, when I started going over to Adaptive, um, you know, what I realized is, like, one, one I was needed here. Um, and then, two, it's it sort of, it's said in, mon in a lot of the mantras of, of Adaptive, but I've, I've tried to carry it forward and give ample, like, every lesson is Adaptive. Every lesson is adaptive, um, and it's <clears throat> a big part of my national team um, talks. And I think that was a point of view that I I cared about because I still teach, in, in you know, as, as an instructor in able-bodied school. When I realized when when I started teaching adaptive, I became such a better teacher on the able-bodied side, and then on the flip side, um, my background and knowledge on, on the, on the um, able-bodied side. It just made me so, like, it, it just, it let me experience so much and, and help and contribute to the adaptive community um, very rapidly. So when I knew that there was, there was an idea I wanted to explore about, about building those bridges, yeah, like I wanted to do it at the highest level. And I don't want to offend anybody with this question, and I'll edit it out if you feel it's offensive. No. But is there really an able-bodied lesson? I mean, we all have injuries. We all have unique uh, things to our physical being that we need to look out for. Exactly. I mean, so clinically, the CDC you know, says that uh, estimates one in four Americans have a diagnosed disability. That's what we one in four. One in four. Sixty-one. So, Chan, I, I I said this like, you know, so statistically, you've probably taught more than four. You probably have taught one, but then if you just double click on that for a second, you're you're exactly right. Anyone with a like a trick knee or an ACL, yep, you taught adaptive lesson. Um, you taught a, a senior lesson who may be potentially hard of hearing or loss of sight. You've taught some sort of you know visually impaired or impaired lesson. Um, you know, you, you taught, if you've taught a child, right, um, I guarantee, or not guarantee, but a highly, highly fine probable you've taught something on the autism spectrum. Um, yep. So, you know, like every lesson is adaptive. Um, and um, it's been really important to just bring that message out. Um, you know, we, we talk about it, and it's not a, this is not a skiing or snowboarding question. Great things come out in all parts of business. You know, um, we talk, we're reading food right now. One of my favorite stories to tell about this is, do, do, do you cook? I love to cook. I really like to bake, so, especially. So have you ever heard of this brand called Oxo? No. So if you ever go in a grocery store, OXO, right? Um, um, they're, just some, they're called Good Grips. Is their brand. This is a story of, like, they, the designer um, of that, and founder of that company, had a wife, Caswell, I think. She, she has arthritis and she cooked in pain. This theory is this food is awesome, pain is terrible. Why do people have to cook? So, what if we just designed cooking utensils and we assumed everyone did not like pain and everyone had arthritis? And you know what? They're amazing. If you don't use them, you should try them. And, and this is the point, right? No one is sitting around thinking about, like, you know what, at a boardroom, and like, we need to corner the market on arthritic home cooks. 
Um, people will have to find extreme users to find really interesting things we all love and care about, not cooking and painting. And I think the same is about adapting to bring this long story home. Like you said, if we just assumed with respect, everyone had a disability, how would we change our entire experience? You know, how, how would we how would we redesign the good grips, wonderful, easy to use version of the skier snowboard lesson? And and that that idea for me was really powerful and that's yeah, I, I don't have the answer and I'm Tinkering with a lot of this stuff inside Adaptive, um, and uh, but that that's an idea that I. That's what gets me, you know, on the hill. That's what you know brings me out here. That's the idea I'm carrying with me all week here. So, how are you looking to personally grow in both your snowboarding and your teaching this year? Yeah, um, there's a lot of new con coming up. Some really awesome things around people and teaching um, um, skills coming out at, at the national level. Um, I'm, I'm learning to grow and I'm excited to put those into my, my fold um, uh, and what I do individually. I'm also really excited to, to really use those as um, ideas that can advance the adaptive community. I'll give you an example so I'll talk in code. You know, one of the things that's common in adaptive is like we say, oh, well, they're just volunteers. They're just, you know, like we have a lot of instructors in the adaptive community are, are volunteer and, and it diminishes the idea of what they do. So we've looked at this through the lens of people skills and we've talked a lot about this with the, um, with the idea that it could be useful for our guests, but we also think it'd be useful for the membership, particularly with adaptive. You know, you are um, valuable. We build two-way trust. You are not just less than you are actually an instructor like anyone else. So a lot of this idea about two-way communication, establishing trust, me and you, these are people skills, but we're applying them through the lens of, of the membership. And I'm looking forward to growing myself and trying to put that into to how I conduct myself on the hill or from, from resort to resort. Um, and um, also at the same time, um, strengthening this little part of our community. So question for you. Sure. Just thinking as we were talking here, coming in, learning how to snowboard at age 30, you went one through three, one through three again in adaptive, made the national team. Do you ever have any confidence issues? All the time. Of, I started this so late. All you, the time. All the time. I mean, it, and does that make your lesson maybe not so able bodied because you've got this going on in your head? It's, the answer is yes, um, but we actually had a really nice session here um, with the whole national team. And you know what? One of the things we all discussed amongst ourselves is we are all insecure. If you have a heartbeat and you are carbon-based life form that walks around, you, you, you're, you're insecure. And and I think you're right. Like um, we all feel it, but actually, there's great power of vulnerability. Vulnerability. Whew. Having a hard time speaking. Uh, and the more we can master that skill, um, the better connection we can build. Um, and um, yes, it was hard. No, I did not have a straight line. I have endured a lot of failures at level three, and between level two and level three, there was. There were several event fees being paid during that time, um, and, and a lot of people 
carried me through that process, and it's only through their wisdom and good grace that I'm here. Um, and by making myself vulnerable in that time, um, yeah, I do think it helps me. Um, but the same thing, like that's, that's that story is special and unique, just like everyone else's. Everyone has a pain. Everyone has something that they can relate to. Um, I think the more as teachers we can master and harness it, I think we're going to just deliver better product on snow. You know, it's, I look at that, I don't want to uh, go off on a tangent here, but just thinking to myself, it's like, well, you know, you had two TBIs, you had a broken pelvis and all these, a lot of broken bones. Yeah. And it's, there's too many times I feel like that becomes a crutch. It's like, ah, you know, or I can feel good. Oh, I did that and I've got all this stuff wrong with me. And it's like, I don't want to be that. Yeah. I want to just do a good job. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and I, I, Jeff, filled me, Jeff Krill filled me in some of your background. I was just blown away about what you're, I mean, and I think your story is, is, is powerful. And again, special and unique, just like everyone else has some sort of pain in their life. And they can use that. One of the things that I, I came through and, and just hearing the different national team members talk is like, you are defined by your pain. And it is an asset, not a liability. Um, and I think it just teaches you how to be more than whatever that pain was telling you, you if you let it win, what you could be. So I, I, I you know, I, I don't know. We're way out, we're way out there right now, but I, I, I believe that is I'm enjoying our conversation though. Me I think too. This is good. Me too. I believe that as long, you know, as, as clear as the day is long, like that, that, um, you know, we, we teach connection. We happen to use skis and snowboards and mono skis and bi skis and other really cool equipment in our world, but we teach connection. And um, if we can't connect to ourselves, we're not going to connect to others. And chances are we're not going to deliver the type of lesson we could live. Now, Zeke Fashingbauer escaped without asking this or answering this question that I asked to everybody except him so far. <laughs> is this something about yourself? That guy's wily. That um, maybe we don't know that you wouldn't mind sharing with us. Oh, wow. Um, so let me think. We may have to take a long pause here. You may have to edit some. Um, I mean, learning to snowboard when you were 30 was pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I, um, I don't know. Let's see. What don't people know? I mean, I, I'd like to share something with some students. I mean, I could, I, there's been some really funny stories that I can share. Like, I helped Bono once find, try to find his wife's purse, which is a story of itself. But people okay, can find me. Darn cool. People can find me about that. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, I think the, the um, you know, the, 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 the story is this. I mean, uh, maybe I'll, I'll share something in depth online. We had such a conversation. I was like, I'm, I'm scared of not knowing the answer, just like you. I'm scared of not giving the right answer. I'm not. I'm scared of taking the wrong thing. And, I, and it, 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 it crossed. I don't care what patch I have on my arm. I, I feel the same thing you do, um, and you, and the membership you. Um, so that that probably. I mean, it, maybe it sounds like a cop out, but it's not. I, no, I don't think it is at all. And and that's the thing that no one knows, or I would not feel like I would have said a year ago on a podcast. It may be something I tell my wife, or maybe something I tell close friends, but I want people to know it's it's okay to not know. It's okay to feel unsure. Um, it's okay to feel pain. It's just, okay, what do we do next? <laughs> and and that's, that's the fun part uh, about what we do. 
So anything you'd like to say in conclusion, Mike? <laughs> um, no, I've loved our conversations, you know, and I've loved, um, you know, hearing the mosaic of different stories on the team. And I, I'm just, I keep trying to, um, I'm excited to um, hear more of your work and, and hear how this patchwork, including myself and all the members, like kind of weaves together. So thank you for what you do. Mike Ma, it has been a true pleasure talking with you, and I'm glad that we didn't connect on the phone. It's good to meet you in <laughs> so much better, So much better to have a, have a drink in person. From Keystone Lodge for First Chair, I'm George Thomas.